0: Amigos is a proud member of the Throwback Network, your home for quality retro podcasts. And now, here are your hosts, Aaron Dowdy and John Bodokar schaller Hi everybody, welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today we're going to talk about the Star Wars trilogy of games on the Amiga. That would be um, not the first trilogy, but the second trilogy. The original trilogy. The original The trilogy. only good trilogy. I get confused about the way I I'm don't. supposed to talk about these things.
2: I don't get confused at all. There's the original <laughs> trilogy and then there's a bunch of garbage that ruined the series for me later. <laughs> Thank God this is one of the good things about
0: the Amiga not making more games. That's true. That's i don't have to sit through with a bunch of pod racer. Jar Jar simulator. No, 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 no. But before we get into it, uh, we got some feedback from last week from uh, oh, our yeah. man Gary Hucker. The huck. Yeah. The he, he said, just wanted to say congratulations on your 100th episode. I really enjoyed it, as with all your episodes. I've been a little quiet on YouTube and the website front because things have been very hectic lately. Things are starting to get back to normal, so I hope to have more content soon. I started a video on booting from the zip drive on my A500, but I had some issues and put it aside. I think I have it sorted now. So, Gary, as you all probably know, he is one of our big Amigos Labs <laughs> contributors. He does some of the best how-to and sort of... Kooky knowledge about Amiga hardware videos around. He's the only person I know that made me sad that I got rid of a bunch of zip drives, <laughs> and also the the, the uh,
2: his video of him blowing up the one the interface or whatever with that that was, that that,
0: was yeah with the that, smoke coming out. That was
2: one of the all time great like complete disaster videos. I watched that. I was like because the title of it caught me. I was like oh yeah, and I sat there. It's like oh
0: man, watching that you're just like no no no. <laughs> Um, and uh, there was an Amiga event that happened last week. Um, we weren't invited to this event. This was the. This is the Waug. The W A U G. Where was this? At? This is the Amiga User Group in Westchester County, New York. Oh yes, okay, I know what you're talking about. Now. And uh, Amiga will met up with the guys from Guru Meditation up there. Yep, I saw photos of this. And uh, so, uh, what's
2: it called? again? the Waug.
0: W A U G. <laughs> <laughs> the wog yeah so uh sounds like the uh some sort of snow cat that you'd find in jedi for example or no, empire that's true uh so if you are in the uh, westchester county new york area and you're an amiga fan you need to look these guys up um so uh just follow a guru meditation on youtube or uh twitter and they will show you the way it makes me very jealous the West Virginia Amiga user group's meeting right now. Are we? Oh no, we we've actually met more people here, so we could actually have a yeah. How many people went to War? I think there were probably five or six people that were, we might have met a they, muster they, they, they there. Th- there were probably more. I was just looking at that one. Picture. Our problem is active
2: Amiga users. That's going to be all right. We can get people that know about the Amiga, but yeah, people that are actually using the Amiga—that's a whole different order. In yeah. fact,
0: I've got a quick picture here. I'll show. Them. So this is uh, this is there's Will over there on the right contributor Amiga Will and then the rest of the the rest of the gang there and I see what appears to be an HP laptop with uh, with uh, <laughs> OS 3.1 on it now it's Will like, is, he's, he's recently gotten up there uh, to uh, yeah he's he's new to the area and I'm glad good. that he's uh, he's found he just right in Amiga fans yeah, yeah that's awesome man good for those guys. All right, Aaron. Um, What news have you... Oh, actually, we got one more bit of news before we start the real news. Happy birthday to Neil Mansell, the man behind Kickstart Magazine, the official Amigos magazine. So, Neil... A working machine. He is a working machine. He's got ideas. He's he's always active. Happy birthday, Neil. Yeah. Very cool. All right, now we move on to the news. All right, let me grab the uh, doodad here. So... A little bit of
2: news this week. Um, Chris sent over a thing. I Chris Foldson. I haven't, uh, haven't looked at this. Uh, this is more your bag than it is mine, folks. It's just a big Apple file. Uh, but the uh, they've released iUAE, the Amiga emulator
0: for Apple, iPhone, iPad, and iPod Touch. I'm assuming this is an update from a previous. Right. Now, I'll build. tell you why. I think this is kind of interesting. All right. Um, With iOS 11, which is the newest operating system coming out for your iDevices, uh, um, they're actually turning on some sort of a file management system within the device itself. Mm -hmm. Uh, As every Android fan knows, uh, one of the things that's uh, less than ideal for what they call power users is the inability for you to actually get into the iPhone or the iPad's file structure. And and move files around. You usually have to open up an app and access your files that way. <laughs> real. So, um, the uh, with iOS 11, they're trying to make the iPad in particular more of a. Uh, Legitimate computing platform like this is the only computer you need instead of it being just a media consumption device. Mm. So um, I don't know if this is going to allow you to do more things as far as you know moving files from your computer onto the Amiga or onto the the emulator. Um, But this will be a neat project to follow. Um, Usually, you know, emulators don't get a whole lot of love on iOS. They usually get shut down pretty quickly. Yes. Um, So it'll be interesting to see how this project moves along. Now, do you have any iOS? Phones or tablets. I, do. Uh, I think you have an iPhone. I right? have an iPhone and uh, Eep has an I, an I, an iPad Mini, but I think that it is so old at this point that it no longer functions. I see. So, but you, you might you might be inclined to have a look at this. I, oh, sure, I'll have a look at it on my phone. I mean, there's nothing because I've got nothing Apple in the, in the house. You've got nothing Apple in your entire house. Mm-mm. I don't think there's anything Apple in there. Wow. Yeah, I know. Because I, I have a lot of old crap. Yeah, I, always... I
2: take that back. I think Dale
0: left his a as a um. Apple phone charging cord. There has. you go. So there you go. They have infiltrated. You've got something. in yeah, there. Yeah, I agree. Just looking at just looking around right now, I see an Apple Two E, a Mac Plus. So most of my Apple stuff is of the vintage variety. Mm. Uh, well, like I said, that's something if you're into that sort of thing. Yeah. Um,
2: the uh, fellows have. Uh, let me see. Which this is Galahad slash FLT. They have released one of these. Uh, um, They've re-released a shooter, I should say, called Outlands. I've heard a lot about this game, Outlands. Have you ever heard of this thing? It sounds familiar. It's a, um, a top-down deal, right? I've, I've never, I've never played it. I've heard about it. Anyway, they have uh, released a hundred percent crack and fix for it, uh, and so which is good because I'm guessing it was. I guess it had problems. Uh, I, again, I haven't played this, but I, it's something I heard. I remember hearing about this a long time ago. I don't know. It, I'm looking at it now as we run the video here. Uh, and this is the first I think I've ever laid eyes on it. It looks basic, mm-hmm. doesn't it? But I mean, of course, looks, you never know, I see a lot of doodads on the side so there must be something going on about it. But right. Whatever it is, you can now play it. This looks a little bit like, it reminds me a little bit of Astro Blaster if you ever played that old game. Mm-hmm. For the, I, I played that? on the 2600. Remember that one? Mm-hmm. Um, let's see here. Gamer Games Nostalgia has repacked a... Uh, It has a repack release of the game Deliverance Stormlord 2 for the PC and Mac. I'm guessing this is one of those, uh, you know, uh, click it and go gimmicks. This looks a lot like Gods. This is another one that I've... heard of and it does yeah i mean they the, said it was very gaudy
0: <laughs> wow this does look like
2: gods i've never seen it but that
0: the guy looks he's got awesome. that he's got that same kind of awkward strut that the guy in gods has hey too. if you're going to emulate something that's the one yeah. it looks it looks pretty good it looks we're, it looks, looks better than right God. now I mean, it looks very high-res yeah so that might put put that on the list but i mean look that is exactly like yeah. gods and look at some of these Let's skip forward to one of these enemies so there it looks like a, an alien yeah uh monkey so, yeah, we'll Pretty have you take a
2: look at that. Pretty good. Uh, by the way, the news on this stuff b- both came from our, our buddies over at Indie Retro News, we love. The best site. What for would we do without? Indie Retro them, right? News. Um, now, this is something I found interesting. Now, and I'm not fully up to speed on this. I read, this, I read an article on it, but it didn't fully enlighten me. Um, the Amiga on the Lake gang over there on the lake, the American distributors, have agreed on a deal with, uh, apparently, with, with Amiga kit and, and to uh, sell the Aeon, uh, to be an Aeon dealer. Mm-hmm. Right Now, if you'll recall, just about a month ago, I guess it was, they had, like, a, a throwdown. Yeah. You know, where the Amiga and the Lake guys sort of were, like, saying, like, yeah, we're cutting all ties. This
0: is the worst company that's ever well, existed. I, as
2: I recall, they weren't being supplied appro- appropriately or, I don't know what happened. And, you know, one thing I wonder, and having... Again, we ordered uh, something from me going to Lake, and it was here like that, quick, uh, perfect, well wrapped, everything done. They did a they did it fast on their nickel. So I've got nothing bad to say about these guys. And I wonder if the guys overseas didn't know how serious these guys were about what they were doing. I've, I've, heard, enough, I've heard enough interviews. I mean, these guys are really—they're going to. They're going to go off the cliff or they're going to make it work. One mm-hmm. of the two. There's not going to be in between. They're going to lose their shirts or they're going to make it work. And this is good news, man. Uh, I really want these guys to succeed for the obvious reason that when you're in this side of the pond, uh, if you need Amiga stuff, you're boned. I mean, what took me uh, two days to get in the mail would have taken a gosh, I don't know, who knows how long it would have taken. Remember how long it took me to get the last thing I ordered from Amiga mm-hmm. Kit? Forever. Mm-hmm. And it's nothing against Amiga Kit or, any, or anybody else overseas. It's just that you're. What are you going to do? It's a, you're shipping overseas. It's a long you know? way. Weird stuff happens, you know. Uh, it's a lot easier to get it domestically, and uh, I'm hoping that uh, these guys will uh, will get huge again. I would love to see them support the older stuff more than they do, but they they have some stuff. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they've got the ROMs I needed, so this is good news. So I was very pleasantly surprised to to, to read that news, and let's hope that means they're they're going go to go into bigger and better things. And then lastly, and this this is actually several days old. Uh, but I, I, I hadn't gotten around to watching it until until this morning, but uh, Dan uh, of the uh, and he's one of the guys that does the uh, retro hour show, mm-hmm. uh, which we of course I want to mention by the way that the retro hour guys had on had the second part of their interview uh, this week uh, with uh, Howard Scott Warshaw or the past week, and uh, it was of course Howard Scott Warshaw who made. Uh, E.T. He also made Yars Revenge mm-hmm. and and many Indiana many Jones for the Atari. And he's just, he is a true Renaissance man. Uh, he's great. And I, I, those guys, very, they're awesome to get him on. Always great. But uh, this this particular video is on a piracy on the Amiga. And they go into X Copy, among other things, on there, which X Copy is that if you were an old pirate, this is one of your ga- uh, programs of choice to copy these. I mean again it was you know, if you're in this sort of like sort of in a weird way reminiscing because the way Dan starts it, he talks about it, he said he his buddy had him fix up his five hundred and he'd forgotten how he he was knocking some discs off for me, he'd forgotten what it was like to like, put the labels on the discs and get your felt pen and write, you know, whatever you're writing on. I mean, he's like and he, he said part of him felt good and this nostalgia because mm-hmm. I can relate to this. I mean it's I know yes, piracy wrong. Enough say, but I mean there, when you sat around doing that so much, and you had your buddy over, and you were just leaning back, and you're you're shooting crap, and you're draw, and you're doing your labeling. Okay, we pass this over here. And, but most of you're just chatting with your buddy. Mm-hmm. It's you a know. social thing. It was. Yeah. And and you, if you think about, it, I mean, if you think about this now. If you went to work tomorrow, and they said, "Boat, here's a stack of discs this tall. We need you to format all these, and then we need you to copy stuff with them. Each one of these discs is probably gonna take you." A, you know, five minutes to get through, or three, you'd be like, oh, God, I mean, what a nightmare. Mm-hmm. So when that, when you have nostalgia about that, that's saying something. But, of course, you knew you were going to get a goodie, go home and try it out, but it was still. But anyway, he, that's sort of what tips off this thing. I, I can relate. So I, I, I am, was amused by
0: it. If you're into that sort of thing, give the video a watch. Cool, cool. Well, let's jump over to site updates. Uh, just as always, if you head over to everythingamiga.com, there's always new content coming up. Um, first thing is, uh, Dreamcatcher has put up a couple new articles. This is one of my favorite things that he's ever done. Um, Ghosts of Gaming Shops Past. It made me think. Yeah, uh, he talks about uh, his uh, his memories growing up in Manchester and uh, seeing. I guess this was a, this was a PC repair shop, but when they took down the sign, you can still see the exchange there. And uh, did you ever? Did, I don't know. I was never a, a person that that really did a lot of game trading back in to the day. Um, like I know that Funko Land, they used to have like a price sheet where they give you so much per. Month. Did you ever used to take your old games and trade them in for cash or trade or anything like that? I've never done it. I've never done it either. Uh, now, in terms of the Amiga,
2: I've sold some on eBay recently, but mm-hmm. in terms of like I, that, would be unheard
0: of. I don't know if a store that would give yeah, you credit. Yeah, I guess that was more of a, uh, maybe a European thing.
2: Well, I mean, it became an American thing eventually because you got like Funko Land. I was, gosh, I was old when that thing came Oh, yeah, on.
0: and that's, uh, but that's for console stuff. Right. I don't think they, they did anything For, they did for that
2: PC PCs. stuff, I do remember places eventually started renting PC games, so I thought that was, but these games, places would never last. It's funny, I it was I was I read that article and I was heading up to see wrestling. I went and saw wrestling Saturday.
0: Yeah, I, I know we,
1: we
2: meant to.
0: We 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 should talk about this briefly, because I want to know about when you saw live and in person. Mouth of the South, Jimmy Hart. What about him? He well, was you a saw real nice No, this was that was last year. Uh, I he, thought this was this past weekend. No, no, that was a
2: long time ago when I saw Jimmy Hart.
0: He wasn't at Madison this past. No, weekend? that was
2: Brother Love was there this weekend. Oh, yeah, but but Jimmy Hart was real nice. Uh I asked him what his secret to eternal youth was because he looks almost identical. Mm -hmm. He's in real good shape. He he said, listen, he goes, listen, man. He goes, I've been on the road a long time. He goes, but the key to living a long, healthy life, don't drink, don't smoke, don't do any drugs. And I was like, well, Jimmy, you must have been the only guy on the bus doing that. He's (laughs) like, you're right, man. I've outlived them all. But he was a super nice guy. That's cool. But on on the way up to wrestling, I passed my old Amiga store. Mm Mm-hmm. And it's still there, and it's a it, it's a. Where was that, Thurman? It's n- Thurman. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? Right there on the train. It's in South know? Charleston. Oh, okay. Knucklehead. But it's an. now it's a. It's a jujitsu studio. Really? Uh, yeah. Full circle. But, and I thought about taking a picture, and I forgot. But uh, uh, it was very similar to that. I, I Every time I go past it, I think about it. But uh, the transition, because the, the, this sort of dovetails, and I was talking to our buddy John from Charleston. Who had went to this? Uh, the, that store ended up moving to another place. They're still around after all these years. And he, I think I mentioned this on the show previous, maybe the hundredth show, where he went up there and talked to these guys and said, "Hey, do you have any Amiga stuff left?" And they're like, "Yeah, we got like a box of it, you know." So anyway, they got back with it. Didn't have any Amiga stuff left after all, but they, <laughs> but they did say, "Listen, because they were like, if we find anything, we'll let you know." He said, like, "But you can have this." And they gave him a, uh, admittedly non-functional, but they gave him in the box a C64. Wow! And so he showed me a picture of it and mm-hmm. <laughs> took it home. Uh, but, the, so, but it's kind of neat that the place that I used to buy Amiga software, all these years—they're still around. Mm-hmm. If you don't know have a computer stores in America, they're, they're up and down like on. a yo-yo. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, this store that story—took uh, me back. You know, I, I every once in a while I'd go past a place where I would have, I remember buying a particular piece of software, and it's always sad. And that one—I thought was that was a good article. It, yeah, it made
0: me think. And uh, Dreamcatcher also has a review of a couple water-based (laughs) Amiga games, and if that doesn't excite you, I don't know what will. I uh, love
2: those little guys.
0: Again, you know, he goes off in all his normal Dreamcatchery (laughs) and directions um But uh, I really enjoyed reading this article, and they, every time I read him, I'm like, "Boy, we need to check that out." And then I remember playing Thundercats and all the <laughs> all the episodes that I believe he that... did. Like Crystal was mm-hmm. that one an Aqua Aqua not Aqua not Yeah, I've never played Aqua not. If i never ever
2: heard of that, but I had heard of Crystal. I mean, I see ads for it too. So that's what I'm meant to put on the list and yeah. look at his article. I mean, it looked pretty cool actually.
0: Yeah. So thank you, Dreamcatcher, once again for. Uh, Turning us on to some some new games for yeah, our, yeah. For, for the list, um, and that, that's it I think for the site updates this week. Um, pretty quiet on the uh, everythingamiga front. But, yeah, it's summertime, but yeah, I think I, are out
2: I, and... We're gonna be start cranking it back up. Yeah. I, I have shirked my duties as a con- content provider due to my well, I've got a myriad of reasons, big
0: one, but I'm planning. I've got a couple things that I've been eyeballing. So I'm gonna get back into it. Cool, cool. All right, Aaron, let's go ahead and jump right in. The so, Star Wars trilogy. Ooh. Now, before we start, <laughs> tell me about the first time that you saw Star Wars. It's funny you should mention that because I was going to go into the story anyway. I knew you would. Um, the first,
2: as a young Aaron, if you'll recall, in America, Star Wars came out in 77, Okay, which means I was, I was six. I was less than six. I was five and some change depending on when it came out. I can't remember what part of the year. And I remember vividly, and I, I'm not like Rob O'Hara where I could like, draw upon these <laughs> memories when I was like two. Right. I got nothing. I don't know what was going on. I was just a big mush-brained goof. And I remember sitting in the living room of our old house, and the ads for Star Wars came on TV. Was this in Jersey? No, this was in. We were in. Uh, we were in uh, West Virginia, and I saw this ad. and I was just like. I couldn't freaking believe it. As a kid, I remember being, I couldn't freaking believe what I was seeing. And I remember telling the old man, I said, Dad, I want to see that. I didn't know what that was. And every time it would come on, I would tell him, we're going to have to go see that when it comes out. And so we ended up going to see Star Wars. And it wasn't too long after it had been out. And I believe we saw it, I, I Believe we saw it in St. Albans, but I, I can't be. Wonder I know I've seen one of the three there, and man, it, I couldn't believe it. St. Albans at the Alban? No, at the uh, at the mall. There used to be a theater at the mall. Yeah, wow. Yeah. And uh, um, I remember I was pleased, and so, and I had I don't I'm trying to think if I saw any movies in the theater before that. I, I mean I'm sure he took they took me to something or another, but mm-hmm. whatever it was, I don't remember what it was. This I remember, Star Wars. And so uh, I was in eager anticipation of, uh, even as a young idiot, I knew there was going to be another one. Got to have another one, and sure enough, it came. So I saw all these right away. you know. And I, I, I'm old enough to have been one of the guys that saw it right when it came out. I don't know how many people can say that, but I was well, there. Most you know. of the
0: people that are your age can yeah, say that. Yeah, I, <laughs> I know. But,
2: but uh, uh, what about you? You were a Star Wars guy at of the gate, or did it take a while? Not really.
0: I grew up with the toys because my mom was an avid yard sailor. Uh, and so she'd always go to yard sales and get you know, get the toys. And this is back before people knew the toys were going to be worth anything. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I had this whole collection of Star Wars figures, but I didn't have any context <laughs> of you know uh, I didn't see the movies in a way that I remembered them until the special editions came out.
2: Oh geez, so uh, wow! Well, just for reference, how old were you in '77? I was negative four. Oh God. Okay. okay.
0: Yeah. Carry on. Yeah. I didn't. I probably shouldn't even went there. <laughs> so. um... So, yeah, I remember seeing the movies at, at, uh, at Dairy Mart, you know, and uh, and being a little bit... I was scared of a lot of things as a child, mm-hmm. and I remember that the, I the, the covers were scary to me, and I didn't want to see them. I also remembered seeing something odd. I remembered seeing, and, and this is something that I'd never... And I don't know if it's a weird memory, but I remember seeing the movie being rated PG, and then there was, like, a sticker on it that the Dairy Mart people had put on there that said, like... May not be suitable for children Mm -hmm. on that, and it was on Jedi, and I thought, how how weird, and that made me not want to see it even more because it made it even more scary. It's it's all that teddy bear killing. But I didn't, and then later on, I read about how like PG used to be a much more wide ranging rating than it is now. Yeah, I mean, I remember you remember Poltergeist.
2: Mm -hmm. It was one of the first PG thirteen movies ever, Mm -hmm. as I recall. And I remember seeing that and being like, oh, "This is not appropriate <laughs> for a 13 year old." I was like, "Oh, making can scene where that guy's ripping his own face." I was That's like, "Oh my it. god!" Yeah. yeah. But so you, were, so wow, so you, do you have you seen any? Have you seen the Star Wars told you, before, before the enhancements?
0: So I did. I saw. I had the. Um, there were still really easy ways to get it on VHS, you know. And so the first VHS set <laughs> that I bought was the non-enhanced version. Yeah. Um, but uh, I definitely didn't grow up, you know. I was not part of the outrage that accompanied the special editions.
2: It's funny, and I'm, we're not going to make this the movie show, but we have to touch them a little. You got to do it, Star Wars. But when the I went and saw the re-releases when I lived in Lexington, when they re-released them in a the theater for the first time with the uh, um, and they had and this is when you know the enhanced DVD version. I guess it was this is the version I saw in a the theater. Mm-hmm. And I didn't, I didn't think too much about it, but I was like, "Why?" It's the same reason I always wonder why. Why did they bother to do this? Why are you screwing with this? Can mm-hmm. they change stuff? And one thing I distinctly remember is they changed the uh, the explosion of the Death Star, which I thought well, that's kind of weird. Uh, and, and I don't remember if this is one of the ones, do you remember the one you watched the first time The enhanced? Is that the one, the first time that they tried to make it where Greedo shot first? I think so. I think you that know? was the first
0: time that they enhanced it.
2: And that's weak. And I had seen that, I don't know if you've ever seen that lost footage that they added on where, with Jabba the Hutt, who's a big, fat, like, Irish guy. And they end up, they end up superimposing the Jabba we all know now over him. But if you watch, did you I, actually see the big fat? Irish well, I, guy? no. I watched the PBS special one okay. time. where well, they had that scene mm-hmm. where they're in this hangar. It's like, oh, harden me, boy. <laughs> and I was like, what the hell is this? And then they end up using that later, years later, and they superimpose Jabba.
0: Oh them. yeah, like where Han steps and I'll, on the tail. And so I've
2: mm-hmm. been appalled by Star Wars. Never has one series made me so happy and so angry. Well, you're a Star, Wars, the Star Wars fan. Trilogy. Well, what? No, you
0: can't truly be a Star Wars fan unless you seethe with rage when you think about it. Yeah. That.
2: So, so. With all that aside, uh, we will venture into the realm of the actual arcade game and well, that got ported to the uh, to the Amiga. So, when, do you remember seeing this arcade game? I guess that would be my first question. No. As okay. a child, I never saw this. So, Did you, Have you played this in the arcade? Uh, I've played the stand-up version. I've never okay. played the cockpit version. I will say, that this came in several varieties. And when I first walked in an arcade as a young lad, and I believe this came out in the arcades, I want to say 83 or 84. Mm-hmm. Uh, you talk about losing your freaking mind, man. This game was awesome. It had the color vector, which I had never seen. I think this may be the first one that did color vectors. It had the sit down in the sucker, like you're flying a freaking X-Wing. It had the, it was just like, so it,
0: it didn't bother you that this this game came out a good five years after the first Star Wars movie. <laughs> no, you weren't. It you, didn't matter a
2: bit. It, I saw this thing. I mean, you you instantly and it's one of these. You know, it's awesome. I saw a guy playing it. And I was just like, Psh, that's awesome. And so when I <laughs> sat down and played it, I was right. Uh, the controls in it, which I believe were the, uh, I think this guy adapted. It seems like I read that the guy that made Battle Zone. Adapted this control scheme from the military version of Battlezone to be used in stores. I may be getting it backwards, but I mean, the the, the controls were unique. It's you know, you got that yoke yeah. and with the with the buttons on it. And when you sat down, of course, the stand-up version is equally cool, but the, not equally. But it's no. pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, you sit down in this seat, and you're and you, a and red five standing by, blah, 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 and you, the music kicks up, and you're just like, holy smokes, mm-hmm. where did this come from? So. It was a perennial favorite of mine. So, all of a sudden, it's 1988. Here I've got my Amiga 1000. And, uh, this disc happens my way. And it's a Star Wars disc. I'm like, little oh, boy, let's give this a shot. And there it went. So, Star Wars, again, was released in 88 on one disc. Uh, it was, Domark published it most everywhere else, but, uh, they did have a USA release that was done by Broderbund. Mm. Um, the uh, story behind this game, uh, I believe this we documented, and I think maybe made Dreamcatcher did a did a write up on our site about this game. Or about the guy that made it, who is a guy named uh, boy Jürgen Friedrich. Friedrich, how's that? he want to give that a shot? Well, that's Jürgen. J- well, Friedrich. Close. Oh Oh boy, Jürgen. I like Jürgen. That's yeah, cool. Yeah, Jürgen. Anyways, this guy apparently is a super genius, and he sat down and did and did these versions and then uh, this is the story I've heard that Vector Graphics came along and just bought it and said okay good job you know, and, they, and they published it um, this guy uh, uh, Jürgen also did and this will not surprise you Hard Driving 1 and 2 and Stun Rider which are all sort of similar right, they're
0: sort of a rail shooter type right.
2: deal and uh, um, I, I've put all these on the Amiga and they're all pretty good mm-hmm. Right, but that's all story for the time uh, this was released in multiple languages it runs on the ocs no surprise there because it's you know about the time it was out uh, and it runs with a mouse or a joystick uh, this game got about a million ports as you can imagine uh, it was on uh, the amstrad the, the mac mac Classic, i should say atari 2600 5200 the st the electron the Clicovision, blah 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 pcs the zx spectrum uh, there was a million of them. it. Was released in '83, so I did get that right. There was a PC release as well. So, what do you do in this game? You play Luke Skywalker. You sit in the hot seat behind the uh, the controls of the of his X-wing, uh, Red Five, and you go through and try to blow up the Death Star. Uh, in the first level, depending when the game starts up, you uh, you can pick between three different difficulties. Which again, this stuff pretty much, if I say if it's in the arcade, it's pretty much in the game for the most part. Uh, you pick your difficulty, uh, if you pick a higher difficulty you get more points, of course it's harder, and then you take off. First level you are blowing away TIE Fighters, uh, pre- presumably this is the approach to the Death Star. You've got to knock out a bunch of these suckers so you can get in there good and tight. Uh, on the first go around you go straight, if you play the beginner level, you go you go straight from blowing these TIE Fighters up until, and once you've blown up enough, or t- enough time has elapsed, I'm never quite sure exactly what exactly happens. Uh, you go into the Death Star and it zooms in, and, and something else this game has is digitized sound. He goes, look at the size of that thing, you know, and he zooms in. And then on the, when you play Beginner, the next level was the Trench Run. If you'll recall in the movie, Luke has to go down the trench and shoot his uh, torpedoes into the heart of the ship, into the exhaust port to blow it up, right? Same thing. You're going down this trench, there are fireballs coming at you. On uh, the first level, that's pretty much all you've got to contend with and you go down and blow up, blow up the Death Star. Pretty cool stuff. Second level, they add a few things. You've got your uh, uh, starting fight, dogfight, then you go into a area where you have to blow up towers. The tops of these towers, if you recall in a movie, where they're zooming across the surface of the Death Star, zigzagging through a bunch of towers and buildings and stuff. You've got to blow the tops of them off. Uh, You've got <laughs> There's the bell. <laughs> You've got to blow the tops of these towers off. And uh, you have a set amount you need to blow off to to finish that level. And if you get them all, you'll get a bonus. And then um, you go to the trench. And eventually in the trench, will get harder and harder because in the first level, the trench is just empty. You just fly down and avoid the fireballs. Shoot the thing shooting the fireballs if you want and blow up the Death Star. As it gets harder, you are getting... Obstacles put in your way, uh, multicolored bars that block. their are blockages in the tunnel. You've got to sort of avoid them. You can fly over them. You can fly under them. Sometimes you can go to the left or right of them. As you go through the game, uh, these become more and more clogged. These the, the trench does, making it more difficult to get down and blow up blow up the uh, the Death Star. Uh, after you complete that, you it always starts over. the same thing. That from then on, you're going to do the same thing over and over. Except they make it harder. Uh, the the dog fight will have more uh, tie fighters. They'll shoot faster. The tie fighters can shoot more fireballs. They shoot strings of fireballs. Uh, they, there are more blockades in the in the trench, and uh, eventually you just keep playing until you get killed.
0: That's pretty much the long and short of it. What do you think? Well, I, this game is pretty much. <coughs> It's exactly like the arcade game. Mm-hmm. Now, I was not able to play it exactly like the arcade game because I had emulation issues. <laughs> yes, you did. Even when I dialed back the speed of the Amiga on WinUAE to negative 90, um, it still ran too quickly. So I found it to be very difficult. Um, however, I still had a good time. Um Let's take a look at uh, some of the port comparisons. Okay. Okay. I will so, say, just just to, since we're just summing up the Amiga port of this, mm-hmm. uh,
2: there are things that are lacking. We talked about these. Uh, the Amiga port has very little music, and what music has is very sad rendition of the... Of the uh, Of the theme from Star Wars. It sounds like I told Boat in the streaming video, it sounds like one lone bassoon sitting in an empty (laughs) orchestra pit. It's real pathetic. And then in the arcade, when you start the game, that orchestra key said da 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 da. Well, it's, you know, it's electronic music, but it still sounds cool. And you feel like you're really, you know, there's music backing everything you do in the game. When you blow up the Death Star, there's a little tune. In the Amiga version, no tunes. No tunes. tunes. It's just that one little sad Mm -hmm. song that plays during the. the, uh you know demo screens and also uh the uh, uh the uh, amiga version does support the mouse which is we just a few weeks ago we said i said i never play anything with the mouse i was wrong this is the one thing i play with the mouse because it works perfectly for the amiga it's an advantage it would have over a lot of other systems having a, a mouse that everyone uses it also has a lot of the uh the digitized sound effects from the arcade, mm-hmm, the speeches there, which you gotta have it, you know, you have gotta have that, so that makes it better. So go ahead, Bo, let's
0: have a look at your thing. Okay, so these are uh, various ports. If you're watching on YouTube, we have the Amiga version, the arcade version, the Spectrum version, and the BBC Micro version. Um, they all give you the same sort of deal. This, what I thought was interesting about this is this: looking at the ports from the Spectrum and the Micro. It really makes you realize that what the Amiga is doing is not really that special. That like creating wireframe graphics and having them scale, you know, as they come towards you, is something that even the BBC Micro manages to do. So that's something that I had uh, an incorrect opinion. I was like, man, only the Amiga could pull this thing off, but that's definitely not the case. Um, What the Amiga does do better than the Micro and the Spectrum is it uh, your movement. Uh, is not really shown, like in the BBC micro version, you are basically static. And you move the crosshair around the screen. Versus in the Amiga version, and then of course in the arcade version, when you move the ship, you feel like the ship is moving with you. The, the,
2: the actual graphic of the ship actually slightly moves around. Right. Yeah. The,
0: the the micro and the Spectrum versions are more of a, a more of a shooting gallery type experience. It's, yeah, it's almost like a, a Operation Wolf sort of yeah. You just
2: Move your cursor, everything.
0: Right. But uh, but overall, I think you know all the systems had a a pretty good port of this game. Um, what do you think, Aaron? Well, this is the this?
2: first time I've, I've, I'm sitting here looking at the uh, the uh, BBC version, and wow, I mean, you're right. That's pretty. That's pretty solid, you know. And you're, I mean, vectors are uh, vectors are an interesting uh, graphic element when it comes to games that I've never think I never thought they were fully explored to the best of their capabilities. Because look at the BBC Micro here; it it's playing this game pretty darn well, and you could use this sort of uh, graphical element in other games and i think you can get away with it i mean i think people were at the time especially were used to the vectors and uh, and you can you can make it work i think maybe that was sort of a missed opportunity i've always liked the vector graphics and color vectors even are really awesome mm-hmm. you know so and now we're looking at the, i'm looking at the zx spectrum you know it looks considerably slower than the bbc micro mm-hmm. and it, it also is doing the same sort of thing which is sort of a shooting gallery type thing the uh the X wing looks better, but it's not. It's not actually moving around. I mean, you're, you're right. The the uh, effect on all these is pretty similar. Uh, but the Amiga version is t- uh, of of the three that we're looking at here. This is, it is clearly this the best. You know, non arcade right. version. And it, it, it's uh, they did a great job. It's very similar to the to the arcade version. It, it is a it is a shame that they didn't bother to fool with the music too much. You know, but at least they put the sound effects in. Something else you can do that I should mention, in case people ask, is you can use the force, uh, which I try to use at least in the first couple levels. You know what the, you know what I'm talking about? No, I've never tried to do <clears throat> If you go down the trench and don't shoot, mm-hmm. you're using the force. Mm. And so if you get to the end and only shoot, all you do is shoot in the torpedo or in, shoot in the exhaust port. You get a bon a force bonus. Oh, yeah. So cool. that, that's the level you can do that with, which I always thought that was kind of cool because you know Obi Wan says use the force at the beginning. He's not kidding. I always thought that was neat that they put that in there. So. Yeah. Um, how did this game review? Uh, it did It did pretty well. Um, the uh, Of course, it got reviewed by about a million things, although some places didn't like it. You're looking at uh, Amiga Computing gave it a 70%. Uh, Amiga UI gave it an 8 out of 10. Uh, CU gave it a 7 out of 10. And uh, your Amiga gave it 74. So those are actually kind of... Not that great, of, you know. I would rate this much higher, and 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 the reason I say that is it's a lot like Golden Axe. Like, look at where it came from, mm-hmm. how how well is the port, and how beloved is the game. This, I mean, I guess maybe people got tired of it. Maybe they didn't think there was enough stuff to do, but. I mean, it does exactly what the box says, and it's very uh, seldom that that happens. Right. The box says this is the arcade game you play, and it is. I mean, it's got pretty much, with the exception of the music, it's got pretty much all the elements of the arcade down very well. So in my opinion, I would say 8 out of 10 would be a minimum score. I, I, I think this is a, I think this is a really, real, probably one of the best Point out conversions on the Amiga. If not, maybe the. Okay. I mean, I, what, what did you think of it?
0: And of course, you don't have the history with this game now. What did yeah. you think of it? What did you think of the game in general? I think, you know, anytime that you can have an, an arcade conversion this exact on the Amiga minus the sound, I think it's worthwhile. Now, I mean, like, maybe the reviews were coming at it from the point <laughs> that, should I buy this or should I buy a new game? That's true, because you know? this, this would have came out
2: in the Amiga, like I said, five years after the arcade version. Mm-hmm. So, so, and of course, maybe then, you know, Vector
0: had fallen out of style for sure. Right, so. and I, so I can understand the, the lower scores. I don't know if I would rate it in the 70s, but uh, but yeah, to, now, this is the kind of game that I love because it's mindless blasting and it looks pretty. I love color vector graphics. I love vector graphics in general. Yeah, they're so, always great. Yeah, and so um, I would have re- reviewed it higher myself. Something else we should mention,
2: and I mentioned this on the stream, is that one of the best aspects of this, you can do this in the arcade too, is when the... And this is just a little thing, but when the when the TIE fighters are all retreating back to the Death Star, you can still shoot them. And what's great is when you is when you've got Darth Vader in your sights, you just ring him up, mm-hmm. and it's very satisfying because you know he's driving that cool looking TIE fighter. Right. You just ring him up over and over and over. Yeah, you, you can't, can't destroy actually him, destroy him, yeah. But it's fun to pummel him. You know. <laughs> so I, I think that's fun. But overall, like I said, I think this is a very strong game and a, and a, and a strong film, obviously as well.
0: All right, let's talk about Empire.
2: Empire. So, Empire came out in the uh, theater in 1980. Uh, again, I saw it probably that same year, or s- certainly uh, within you know within a, within a year of its release.
0: Now, it's funny because Chad is here. He just he just came in, and Chad has a pretty interesting story about what happened when we went to see Empire. Uh, right? Was it Empire when we went to see the special edition in the theater?
1: Um, <coughs> Empire. Well.
0: This is where you lost your ticket.
1: Oh, that was actually it was actually New Hope.
0: Oh well, never mind. Don't tell the story. <laughs> uh, well, I think it was it, it was one of those two. Okay, but anyway, so uh, Chad Chad was it was in a panic, and I was in a panic, empathetically for Chad also because we waited in line. I don't know if you saw the special editions in the theater. But around here, there were there were huge crowds. There were long lines because there had been so long since any you know anything yep. had happened. We went related. we
1: went to uh, New Hope at the Cinema Seven, I think that's in Charleston, like downtown Charleston. Yeah, with like the large like stadium. Which
0: those that's the only time that I've ever been to that theater is when uh, I saw as, those movies.
1: me, uh, and then we saw the um, Empire in the theater that was uh, that's now the. Uh, West Virginia DEP building like, location, <laughs> um, yeah, in Kanawha City. Um, yeah, I, I don't. I, I do remember losing the ticket, but I don't remember which. Oh one yeah, it was. yeah, yeah.
0: So. I, I remember you were you were not having a good time. No, I mean <laughs> yes, I think I think obviously I found it. Yeah, you found it. It was like it was in the the lining of your coat or yeah. something like that. So. <laughs> oh, that's bad luck. Yeah. Man. All right. So
2: so Empire uh, again. It was the movie was out in eighty came out on the Amiga in the same year uh, as, as the other one, 88. So, which I thought was, in, in fact, all these sort of pretty much came out at the same time. Um, so, again, uh, this is a uh, single disc uh, release. Again, Domark did it worldwide, and uh, Vector Graphics did it, uh, did the game. Now, there has been some speculations that the same guy that, that they used the same uh, engine or whatnot, or there's a lot of the same material from the first game to make this one uh, from the original from the original fellow that did it. Uh, so, but I can't confirm that. I'm pretty sure Dreamcatcher wrote an article about this. So if you look through our page, you'll probably turn something up. Um, so again, this this was a uh, OCS game. It's a, another color vector game. Now this one is a this is an interesting game, and uh, obviously. Empire was an awesome movie. So, Atari was looking to capitalize, this is the story I've heard anyway, Atari was looking to capitalize on the fact that they'd sold a ton of these Star Wars cabinets, and so they put out a conversion kit for it, uh, uh, and it was Empire Strikes Back, which is why this is another um, color vector game. Uh, The uh, game, uh, keep in mind that we had a lot of arcades around here. I have never seen this one in the arcade. I had to go watch a film to or you know video on YouTube just to see what if it how closely the Amiga got mm-hmm. it. Um, this must not have been very popular. And you, and you told me you'd never seen never. it in, in the arcade either. So, what do you do in this game? Well, in this one you who would you say you play the part of? I'm not 100. percent You multiple parts. Yeah, you're playing multiple so, parts. So, and the first version of this, if you, and this is gonna require a certain amount of backstory. If you'll recall, in in Empire Strikes Back, the Empire had sent out like droids all over the universe to try to find the rebels, and they had sent one to Hoth, and it was a little, uh, it was a little like uh, crabby looking or what it, octopus looking mm-hmm. droid. That, would, that was supposed to look for life, and if it found anything that was looked like a rebel base, it would send back a signal. All right. With this loose premise in mind, we come <laughs> to the first screen of this. In the first screen of this, you play, and I'm guessing you're in a, in a, in a, in a snow speeder mm-hmm. in the game. You don't really... This is not a well-defined ship in this game. You just have two little like gun turrets that mm-hmm. stick out the bottom of the screen and in, in for most of the levels. And so uh, you were supposed to go around and blow up these... Uh, transmission droids before they can transmit your location, all right? So this difference in the movie and the fact that there's multiple droids, just like a ton of them, that, that you could try to stop them. And in the game, you can't stop them, but you can try to, I guess you can only hope to contain them, as the saying goes. And so you drive around, and these things will, as you see them, you can shoot them, and occasionally they will shoot up like a, a a wave. I mean, how would you describe what that it's is? Like, like
0: a, it's like a transmission, like a physical right. representation. That's of a right.
2: Transmission. And so if and when they send out four of these, that round ends. Mm-hmm. So basically, you're going around and shooting as much of the stuff as you yeah. can. So
0: unlike the movie where there's one of these things, there's hundreds of these things yeah. in the in the game. And
2: also unlike the movie where you, snowspeeders didn't blow them up. <laughs> yeah, they I just believe it was they Chewie just, and Han blew them up. Right. But in this, snowspeeders blow them up. Uh, and I, again, who's driving these snow spears? Who knows? So you this are is a sort of player. this is
0: sort of a uh, weird. And all, plus, you're of course, Hoth is an ice planet. Well, who is that person that whenever they they don't have a, a, a character for something, they always say it's like Wedge Antilles or something like that? Uh, uh, well, isn't it Dak that got Dak, killed? Yeah.
2: So so we would, let's pretend it's Dak because Dak needs some redemption <laughs> for his <a> pathetic <laughs> pathetic display. So anyway, that first level, you're blowing up these guys. Now you're on a uh, a stark, desolate screen to do this. I mean, what I mean, I mean, it looks, it looks like you're in space. There's no way that this thing can really it, it looks accurately like, portray that you're in snow. Right. It looks like a vector game, and that means that you have to have a black background. Yeah, this There's is where, no where Vector sort of owes you yeah. in this game. And so, once, and all, we should also mention that you can spell Jedi, but with certain shots in the game, and when you get Jedi, I believe it gives you an uh, extra man. Uh, the. Uh, you don't write. Really, it's funny. You, 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 it, the big word Jedi comes up, and it fills in a letter. It's mm-hmm. sort of like it's sort of like a Mister Do or something. Right, You're getting, extra. A, mm-hmm. but it, it's much less of a, an event when you do it. <laughs> so once once this level is completed and these things have sent up the little transmissions, uh, uh, you'll see a cool, kind of a, a zoom in on like I guess what's supposed to be a uh, a recreation of the Rebel base inside this mountain, which is, it looks pretty good. Mm. And we speculated in the in the uh, or we thought in the in the uh, when we did the playthrough that this would have been an awesome thing to have in the background of the whole level so it wouldn't look like you just did run right around space right uh, but that that's just the way it is so once you get off that level you move into like the next phase of the game the next phase of the game is the classic scene in Empire where the uh, rebels try to beat back the uh, approaching at sts and AT-AT, the AT-ATs, the ad ads and you are in your your snowspeeder. What is the correct pronunciation? Is it at at or is it ATAT? It's well. It, I always we've called them both because if you say at at, then you're trying to describe the two-legged ones, which I believe are the atsts. You can't call them the at atst. That sounds like crap. So you say so you can either say A-T-A-T or you can say at at. And but anyway, it goes. You're saying atst. You got no choice on that. That's And when we say this, in case you under or rock. The Adats are these big, huge robots that are probably ten stories tall, and they look like camels, basically, like big, robotic camels.
0: They kind of loaf over the, the snow. The least efficient way to traverse right. the planet. <laughs>
2: and then you've got the half version of those with the ATSD which is like if you took the big ones just cut the tail end of them off and shrank them about five stories. I, they, um, they, l- they lumber around.
1: I had heard that the... Um the nickname for the ATSTs were uh, chicken walkers.
2: Chicken walker, that yeah. that that would that would work, especially in the third movie. They really were more chickeny. Yeah. So in this second level, and which is probably the best level of this
0: game, I would say, wouldn't you vote? The second level is the only good level. Yeah.
2: So you, in this one, you you drive your ads or you drive your excuse me your snowspeeder around, which is your spaceship, and you are trying to shoot these ATSTs and the AT-ATs. Well. There are two ways to blow these things up. One is you can shoot them in the little visor hole that's red on the screen. Mm -hmm. Which This reminds me of the old, if you ever played the Atari 2600 version of Star Wars, did you ever play that where the Ad-Ats march across the screen, there's a little tiny weak spot behind Mm -hmm. their neck, and you can shoot them. That's the only way you can kill them. Mm -hmm. And it made me mad there, too, because in the movie, you're not just shooting these things in a little tiny spot. These things are tanks. And so your other option, which is in the game, is to fire uh, um, toe these, cable. these tow cables, which in the game they're more like two boomerangs with a st- <laughs> string between them. Yeah. That's what they look like. <laughs> But the, with the idea, with, with the thought of it, you're going to trip these things, which happened in the movie. And they, you'd wrap their legs up, and in a hilarious bit, they would fall mm-hmm. over, which is always funny. Then you can shoot them, but in the game, they just go
0: away when you shoot them. I think one, like when it hits the ground, it just explodes on its own in the movie. I yeah, so. uh, yeah.
2: The, but uh, and the, and you you can use the toe on the on the S T S too. That works on both. But you've only got a limited, got a limited amount. Yeah. So this, basically, you just fly around doing that. That's that's the level. You could also fly under the AT, ATs to get a, a bonus, um, and but I mean that's pretty much it. There's not much left to
0: say about that level. What are your thoughts? I I don't like I, I don't dislike this game as much as I think you do. Um, I like the I think that shooting the the tow cables and watching the things tumble down is more satisfying than anything you do in the first game. It is satisfying. Don't get me wrong. I mean, blowing up the Death Star is cool, but you're really just firing another shot. With this, you're you're firing a secondary weapon, and that in the way that it comes out and you see it wrap around and you see the guys tumble down. I think that's really that's really. I,
2: I agree with a but, and which I'll get to later, but yes, that this that level was great. So, eventually, you move off planet. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now we're back into space for the third wave. And the third screen is just a wave of Tie Fighters. Basically, pretend that you're playing the first game and replace the Death Star with a Star Destroyer, which is, looks like a ship shaped like a big Dorito. <laughs> so in this game, you just shoot a crap. In this in this level, you shoot a crap load of Tie Fighters. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. Uh, and it's
0: exactly the same. They look great. They played just like it's the first. It's too bad game. there wasn't like another sort of trench runish type thing you could do with the Star which, Destroyer. Which we'll get into that. And,
2: and then. And then uh, finally, on the and this is the crummiest level, in my opinion, is the last level, which you're. In, and we should mention that you're in the Millennium Falcon for the top part of the zone. Mm-hmm. So your ship changes shape from the two little gun turrets to a, a, the front end of the Millennium Falcon, and it looks like the Millennium Falcon uh, has been uh, <laughs> they've, they've pimped their ride. It looks like it's portrayed with these blue and red neon. Mm-hmm. It looks. like... It's well, like, I mean, all the ships have blue and red neon.
0: It yeah, just but looks, I mean, it just—it's it's, it's really bizarre yeah. for some
2: reason on, the, on that one. So at the last level, you're in the Millennium Falcon. And it's the classic, uh, sort of was in the movie like asteroid belt. Mm-hmm. Now, if you'll recall in the movie, there are some incredible scenes where the Millennium Falcon definitely uh, maneuvers through these asteroids, and it's—it's it's turning like this, and it's barely getting through. It's mm-hmm. freaking awesome. In this game, it looks like. Uh, a huge Darth Vader is pelting you with snowballs from afar. <laughs> they, these, are, these are perfectly round uh, asteroids that are flung towards you in mass. Mm-hmm. And you just basically... You can't shoot some. you got to just you, move out of the way of right. them. That's that. You just avoid them. Yeah, it's lame. And then it's over. Then you start all the way back to the beginning. You, uh, and that's the game. Now, you were saying I didn't like this game as much as the first one. And you're right. But it's... the we read, we found an article in Retro Gamer where they interviewed the guy who made these games, and he was talking about how much trouble he had making this one because, unlike Star Wars, where you have these various scenes there are are that lend themselves to the game Empire, and I hadn't thought about this until I read the article. Empire doesn't really lend itself to that, uh, with the exception of the stuff on Hoth. Really, there's nothing else that you could, in a ship that really translates well. Plus where Star Wars had the Ultra ending with the blowing up the Death Star, it was awesome. The ending of Empire is a depressing thing that doesn't involve spaceships, and there's no way you could... What are you going to do? You're right. bone. Right. So Empire was handstring right out of the gate. Um, that much said, I thought the Amiga version, having looked at the arcade version, much like the first one, it's pretty much dead on. Mm-hmm. So again, if you're going to go by... Uh, if you're going to go by a game's... Uh, ability to come home this one came home well they also improved the music uh was better uh the graphics were just as good and it was it was it had more content ish you know it, it's got more screens yeah to be fair uh so uh overall i think it's a pretty good attempt i mean it's a great attempt at the
0: arcade which was flawed by default and mm-hmm. uh, your your thoughts I think I like this one more, honestly. Um, I, I, I like. I think it's got more variety. There's more to do. Uh, the only bad thing is that you don't get to blow up the Death Star. If you could somehow just shoehorn what they should have done, was just just thrown can into the wind and just put the trench run in this game too. Well, it, it, well
2: I was thinking. It's funny too, Mitch. I was thinking about uh, summer games. All right, where they took the summer games too, and you
0: could integrate them. Mm-hmm. If you could somehow do that to these games, then you got something. Yeah. And you're right. You'd have to be out of order. And that's sort of what they did much, much later in the arcades when they brought out the Star Wars arcade game and took the best scenes from all three movies. Yeah. uh, And, of course, it wasn't a vector game. No, uh,
2: no, it was not. I I never liked that game. But, yeah, I I know what you mean. But, I mean, and I'm looking at these now. Boat's got his comparison videos up. And this one is the BBC Micro is not moving at a brisk pace. No, no. Uh, in this one, and, and this,
0: this one it looks like the Spectrum version's got a got a little bit of a um, you know a, a, a faster moving uh, gameplay environment. And It actually looks a little bit better too. The ship colors are more accurate. Yeah, this might have been a, a lazy port on the port of, on the part of the BBC Micro.
2: Yeah, it is odd that this one is running mm-hmm. so much more crummy uh, than than, than the, the first one we watched. But again, the Amiga version, if you. If you compare it to the arcade, I mean, it's very, very favorable. Uh, and they, they did a good job. They did a good job converting it. And, of course, uh, we should mention that much like the original uh, Vector game, you can choose your difficulty level. There's even a thing that shows you the instructions. Uh, so that's that's all pretty cool. But, I mean, it's it's pretty much dead on, I mm-hmm. think. So, mm-hmm. well, um, How I, did this game review? Let's have a quick look. Let me consult the chart of fun. This one reviewed about... Let me see here. So we've got um, 5 out of 10 from a- Amiga UI, 84% from Generation 4, and uh, your Amiga 84, Zap 82. So actually... It reviewed a little bit better. It did It did review a little bit better. Again, it was. this would have been a newer game. And I will say one thing about this game. Ponder this, if you will. This is a game on all platforms that got played way more at home than it ever did in the arcade. Mm-hmm. I can almost guarantee you that this had a very, very limited release. Something you got to consider about the arcade version of Star Wars, as great as it was, it came out in in '83, and this would have came out a couple years later. And those color vector arcade machines were notoriously finicky. Uh, the uh, if you if you have ever played Tempest, there's another game uh, that, that that has a color vector game, and they, these things tend to bol- to break. And when a, when a color vector breaks, it'll often catch fire. It'll be, I mean, these things, they don't just sort of break. I mean, they break, mm-hmm. you know. So this game probably saw more. This was probably a fresher game at home because it, it had been so rare in the arcade. Right. And so that could have played into part of it as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's a fresher item. I mean, plus it wouldn't have been as old
0: in 88. That's true. So I don't know if that made a difference, but who knows. All right. Well, we move on to the final game of the series, Return of the Jedi. Ooh, now, this game, <laughs> this is a different, a horse of a different color. It is. It is. Um,
2: so this one again, this one was released in '88. Um, the movie that this is based on, of course, is Jedi uh, or Return of the Jedi, which was uh, came out in '83. Okay. So now we're in '83 when the movie comes out. Now, by then. Uh, the Star Wars people knew knew about uh, merchandising. They knew about it. So this game was probably in the makings pretty early on, I would say. So I don't know exactly what year this got released in the arcade, but I would
0: wager it got released pretty soon after the movie. Yeah, I think this is the only one that managed to... Well, no, because Jedi came out in 83, right? That's right. And so this had to have come out much later. Than I'm, I'm
2: talking the arcade, it would have came out in probably '80. 480. No. Well, I would, I would wager this one was in production earlier. To be honest with you, I have to look that
0: into that. I think this this looks like this looks like 87. This is on Atari System Two hardware. Yeah, I'm gonna take a guess. Chad's looking this, it up now. I'm I like, believe
2: this is on the same hardware as Marble Madness. Yeah, and and, and, uh, and Paperboy. And, uh, it's no, that it's that System System well, no, One. I thought this was I think this is System Two. And the reason I say this is I had I had a Marble Man I had a Marble Madness. I mean, it's not true. I had a road blaster. I wish it was eighty four. 84. 84. 84. Yeah. And wow, so, okay. so. but this, I remember this was a conversion kit for that Atari board. It was either System 1 or System 2. I don't remember which one. So, again, this is on the Amiga in 88. Just
1: just to make sure, this is the one that was, like you said, developers are Atari and Tingen. Tingen. That one, yeah. yeah that was, okay, all right. Yeah, 84. So,
2: um, So, <laughs> this is a game. It came out, like I said, 88, OCS, now this one for for forgone the the vector and went straight for uh, just straight up graphics vector gone mm-hmm. okay this is a straight up raster they went for a Z- the zaxxony look mm-hmm. right which is a how would you describe this boat I know well it says right? it's known as the three quarter isometric three quarter very fancy three quarter isometric view uh, another one that was released this is pretty much all these are pretty much released on the same stuff. Amstrad, uh, Atari ST, BBC Micro, C64, ZX Spectrum. So, um, in this game, you, you again, this is a game that has multiple levels. And the first one, I guess, I, I'm not sure if you're supposed to be Lee or Luke, uh, but it's taken from the uh, uh, from the from the uh, Daga was no, the uh, uh, what's the name of this planet? Help me out here. are uh, indoor, Ewa, indoor the, the forest moon of indoor and you ride your uh, your speeder through the woods mm-hmm. trying to avoid uh, stormtroopers who also are on speeders. Right? Speeders are like f- f- hovering motorcycles. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, if you'll recall this scene in the, in the movie, uh, and we didn't even go into the fact uh, that our cinematic uh, visits on this one, by the time this came out, I was really into it. I couldn't wait to see it. I know I saw this one. I'm almost nervous if it's been seen arms as well. And I remember liking it But I remember thinking the best parts by far were the beginning where they sprang Han, Mm -hmm. which was awesome. Mm -hmm. Love that. And the bit with Darth uh, and Luke and the Emperor, Mm -hmm. right? The stuff on the Forest Moon of Endor seemed silly to me. And I remember as a kid
0: being offended... That these stupid teddy bears could fight the freaking stormtroopers and win. You, they you, were winning. You weren't impressed with the, the, with, the, with the speeder scenes on Endor? I thought they looked cool, but I remember, and we talked about this earlier, I was like, why would you ever do this? This is a lot like the ad ads.
1: It's like, can't you
2: just fly over the trees to get right. there? You no, know, you, you have to fly through. Them. <laughs> to me, this was like, if the uh, it's, it's like shore leave for the, for the stormtroopers. <laughs> That's what it reminds. Like, you know, hey guys, you've been fighting out in space. Take a couple weeks, get you a motorbike, go out in the woods you know have a good time the
1: um the one thing in the movie that i always thought was a bit like perplexing is why is lando wearing hans clothes when he's flying millennium falcon
2: that was strange he had the vest and everything oh yeah oh, that's yeah. the official millennium falcon when you're, outfit. When you're captaining
1: the millennium
0: falcon
2: <laughs> yeah. yeah so anyway i i like the movie but as the years went on i liked it not as much then when i heard that the original script or whatever said that that was going to be a Wookiee plan, I was really put off because that... That would have been uh, And then I saw the Christmas special. <laughs> and so I thought, well, maybe they did the right thing. That's the first time. I was like, okay, we don't need a plan for all these Wookiees. I don't need... We don't need that. So, um, but anyway, so the game, you in the first level, you fly through the woods on this motorcycle or hover and you're... and you, And along the way, Ewoks, which are the little teddy bear guys in the movie, they have some traps set up but if you lure... Your uh, the your pursuers into them. The Ewoks will kind of help you out. Uh, you could bang your, uh, you could bang the other guys' bikes into the off the screen and blow them up. You could bang them into trees and blow them up. Uh, it's a, it's it's in. What do you think? <laughs> well, it's very difficult. Um, yeah, the
0: controls are were pretty twitchy, and you're moving at a pretty good clip. And there's no second chances. Just like on a real snow or a real land speeder uh, (coughs) bike, bike speeder bike. You know, if you if you crash, it's 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 all over. Um, That said, I don't you know I don't hate it. Um, I I feel like you could get good at it if you practiced at it. It didn't seem unfair. Um, and it, it it did seem long, but maybe not too long. What really irked me was that when I finally made it past that stage and went on to the second stage, which you're in uh, the Millennium Falcon, when you die on that stage, you have to go back and complete the speeder bike part again. I thought that was a little unfair.
2: Well, there's this this is a lot like the first game where you sort of like when you go through the second time, they add a level mm-hmm. basically to it. Uh, but so yeah, you know, in the arcade, I, I've never gotten past the tree level. I mean, in the arcade, this thing was like death. Mm-hmm. I could not get anywhere on this game. Yeah, and if you are playing a quarter of pop, then oh you know, man, I just it, this is of the three, of course, mm-hmm. I ever saw Empire, but this one I was just I we that they had it, they were out there. I didn't like it. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so you know what this reminds me of too, especially in the um, in the ATST level is one of the wings mini games where you have that same sort of perspective as you are flying up on the road. Oh yeah, yeah, the mm-hmm.
2: strafing mm-hmm. the strafing at parts. So. <laughs> so like boat said that once you get to once you complete the 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 bike stage and I should mention that the sound effects on the bike stage are amusing uh bo compared it to the bump and jump without the with jump mm-hmm. and what I compared it to something which is, it was a far better comparison but now I'm so feeble-minded as Hunter. ignore was spot hunter that's right uh, but w- there's this awesome noise when you hit these guys, and it's like a ju- it's like straight up a junk guy. It's, like, it's, it's a pretty amusing, pretty amusing noise. So I'll, I'll give them the noise. But when you complete this level, you get to go to the uh, stupid Ewok tree village. I don't know if that place had a name. It was called the stupid Ewok. You know, River. they did have that awesome song, but didn't have you know not featured. But remember the remember the yub yub song. Yep. Um, I think they took that out of one of the
0: later special editions.
2: I think I heard that. I was appalled. That was the only <laughs> thing about the UO. It was pretty good. So, anyway, you complete this level. Then you kind of, you know, depending on what difficulty you go to, we'll just go ahead and do these in order. So, the next level is the, you get to pilot an Atari ST. That's bad, <laughs> isn't it? An uh, ATST. And, you, and you're marching up to the woods, mowing suckers down. Basically, that's not true. You're basically avoiding wood. As stupid as that mm-hmm. sounds, and it is yeah. stupid. Uh, uh, it's a dumb level. Apparently, the stormtroopers have been out and they've been chopping trees. You know, mm-hmm. like lumberjacks. That's another thing they did on their R and R. They went out and chopped trees down, and so you'll occasionally see a pile of trees. Sometimes trees will roll at mm-hmm. you that you can shoot. Yeah, a lot of trees. And then while you're doing this, it will flash to like a space scene where you've got, and I never got this far. So I had, to, I had to watch many a video. And I was like, is this the way it's supposed to look? Is this the way it's supposed to look? And you, it's the Millennium Falcon and, and flanked by a couple of buddies. And they'll be, they're will be they making their run on the Death Star. Now, if you'll recall in the movie, um, uh, you Han and the, and the boys were taking out the shield on Endor. So once the shield was down, then the Death Star would be vulnerable again mm-hmm. and you could go in and blow it up. So it's simultaneous action at its finest. So while you're lumbering up a, a, a lumberjack trail... Your buddies are up there fighting these guys, and the, from what I saw, the fighting part's pretty. That part is pretty quick. It just it's just like a few seconds of fighting, and, it's, and it goes back. Mm. Did you
0: get that far when no. you played Gosh, it? No, I only saw it on the playthrough.
2: And I'm, like I said, I never got anywhere near this near arcade. So once you get your ATST to the to the bunker from the movie, and you see Han there, sorta, and he kind of waddles off and, and blows it up. <laughs> Then you're good to go with the Millennium Falcon phase, and I, and I did get to see Boat play the Millennium Falcon phase. I, that one I have played because, like I said, if you on you know what difficulty you pick. And the Millennium Falcon again, you play Lando. Now we've switched, we've switched characters. You have going. weird
0: ways of pronouncing these names. Lando, Leia. How do you pronounce it? Lando and Leia, like they're supposed to be. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> you, you know what it is. I, I'm
2: a Mr. I'm a I'm a big uh, Babylon Five fan. And there's a guy in there named Blondo Malari. Mm. So it's he, Lando. Is, is he played by Billy D. Williams? No, mm. no, he's not. Name, he's played by Peter Jurassic, and he's a white guy with big, huge hair. Mm. But uh, Billy D. is smooth, cold he forty-five is. smooth.
0: I saw him in person one time. Really? Yeah. Where were you at? Yeah. In D.C. I, I well, went, was he at a bar? No, I, I wish I was at a jazz concert, and he he came out to give sort of the address before the concert. Did he get started. a big ovation? Oh yeah. You
2: know my my old boss said he ran into him at in a club and. Um, uh, down in Louisville, really, and he was the he was the king dong. Well, I mean, it's just they said he got up the stage. I was like, <laughs> he's like, hey everyone, this is Billy D. You know this. Yeah. He's smooth, he man. Is? He's freaking smooth. So anyway, you get to be Billy D.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, sounds good to me, man. You so you go and this level. I want to ask you, about the first, of all, look at the color of these houses. Yeah, that's
0: um, they could have done more in the Amiga version. No kidding.
2: Sure. Let me ask you the the color of the Death Star stage.
0: That is a weird. Is it just me, or is that some weird color? I was trying to think about what it reminded me of. It's some sort of like. Um, it's, it's. It's very strange. Yeah, it's all it's red blue and blue. And, yeah. yeah, and it's neon. Yeah, it's it's not at all like. Why can't the, we get the Millennium Falcon from
2: the last game? To yeah. Get it? This would be perfect color. So I
0: guess what they wanted to do is really set the background apart, so you could see where the Millennium Falcon was. But yeah. it's really strange. Really, it odd. is.
2: It's very odd. Uh, but you fly the William Falcon in and apparently the the, the second Death Star is made solely of pipes. Because that's what you look like you're flying over just wave after wave of these blue and just, red pipes. Just nothing but pipes all and the time. A, and they're a, in your way. And yeah, the they're in your way.
1: way and you're going you're going so, in. It's a ninja turtle uh, what level of, uh, of Death Star? Yeah, is just sewer pipes. Yeah, so it's yeah all yeah. sewer pipes. And
2: so you but you fly through these pipes and, and some various close calls to get to the reactor. In this one you have to blow up the reactor. Now Two things can happen at this point, as Boat demonstrated so deftly. Firstly, you can uh, you can blow up the reactor, and then you have to leave, which I thought that was interesting. But then secondly, you can not blow up the reactor and the Money Falcon just hits the back wall and you die and start over on the for- on your motorbike. You go all the way back. So and that's what Boat did. But you can but if you blow up the reactor, then you you're uh, much like the movie. Then the Millennium Falcon has a pfft, turns completely around, and you have to beat you have to beat feet out of there. And the fire from the reactors right on your hind, mm-hmm. just like in the movie. So and
0: again, this is this is the same thing that we, it's, it seems like every week they've included a, an, a wonderful amount of content in this game, but they've made the game so hard that it's really difficult to see all of the content. I'm glad that you had trouble because I felt like a
2: jerk. I mean, I did get further in this than I did in the arcade. But I didn't do. I didn't get that far. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, this game didn't make the leap out of Vector very well. I mean, the grab. I mean, it, the thing is, this game. If you if just by looking at the game, you think to yourself, this is okay. I mean, it's the Amiga. Uh, it it does this sort of gaming okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it could. In fact, it could do it better. But the controls, the way it plays, are just they're just tough. You know, it's tough. Plus, you know, it's I, got that other thing where you, stuff comes right up on you, and it's hard to not get killed because you're right near the, right. you know, the reaction. I don't maybe at my old guy reaction time, I just can't cut it. But I, I had trouble on this screen. I like I said the wood screen, I couldn't get past. I don't feel bad about that though because I had trouble in the arcade. But I did get further on this one than I used to. But still, same thing. And, and really, if you think about it, now that I'm looking at this, this screen is exactly like the. Uh, it's <laughs> the speed the uh, bl- the motorcycle screen just
0: with different pictures mm-hmm. basically yeah it's the same you know, you know, perspective a- and everything so <laughs> i like how he just flips it in <laughs> reverse when he hits that react <laughs> just turns that sucker around overall feature of the it's a zero turn Millennium falcon let's take a look at some of the uh the comparisons here this is probably uh one that has the the most sort of uh difference in the in the graphics um the zX spectrum version obviously suffers from a lack of color. Um, it's it's your, your yellow all the way through in both the speeder bike and the background. Uh, I didn't um, the the uh, the BBC micro version actually was pretty similar. To the uh, the Amiga version, so instead we looked at we're looking at the Amstrad version, the CPC. You know, I'm looking at the ZX Spectrum version here. It, it do get
2: it's, it's moved at a pace that's more comfortable for me.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. you
2: know, and it's actually
0: that it doesn't look too bad. I mean, all things considered. Yeah, and the, the, and the uh, actually the Amstrad version, I think in some ways it's a little bit more colorful than the Amiga version. It looks like um, instead of the woods, you're you're driving to a rose garden. Yeah, yeah, it's got it's got a little bit of pastoralness to it. Both versions are way, way slower though, yeah. and that—that's yeah. that, that, a fact. I mean, that arcade version. When you look at how fast that arcade version's moving, I mean, it's moving faster than the Amiga version. It's for real. Sure. The, I mean, the arcade. I remember when I remember thinking, "Well, wow, this speed, is an option speed, for my machine," speed. but I'm not getting this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, what's interesting is, look at the arcade version of the uh, the Millennium Falcon level there. It looks totally different. Like, they could have easily just done that on the Amiga and not made it look so bad. Actually it actually looks kind of crummy. The arcade version, I'm not sure it looks better than the Amiga. It well, looks, it's, the, it's, the colors are a little bit less garish, but it the, looks the, like the uh, detail on the Falcon is not as good. It's further... The sprites are smaller. Yeah. Um, but, you know, if, if you're a fan of... I, like I am, like the TG-16 bonk, maybe this is right up your alley. <laughs> I will say, this, this game... Uh, is universally panned. I mean,
2: I mean, almost everyone I've ever talked to about it don't like it. Look at the red coming up on the. Uh... I see it there. <laughs> <laughs> that looks like doom. Uh, but uh, th- of, of these three games, nobody has anything nobody has anything, to anything good to say about this. The reviews are are not not a ton of reviews, but I mean, you're looking at the Amiga Computer 63, percent although CU Amiga, which are, they're all over the map. That's that place. But they they gave it a 78. They liked it pretty good. Um, the one gave it a 66, and again, they're up and down, uh, but overall, of of the three games, this was my least favorite. Me too. Um, No doubt about it. And the thing is, it could have been good. That's what I The arcade version could have been good. I could see where they were going, but I mean, this came well after, say, Zaxxon. Mm Mm-hmm. When you're going for that sort of same sort of thing, Zaxxon
0: did it way better. Well, Zaxxon had a 3D element where you were were controlling your, um... You know you're controlling your altitude as well as your, right, your direction. right. I mean,
2: you, but you could have taken the out. Alt- that's one thing I didn't like about Zaxxon. But I mean, you needed that for the space mm-hmm. stuff, right? the The sparks in space. I hated it. But one thing I should mention. I did look all these up on eBay in case anyone's interested. Um, before we shut it down, uh, the uh, the original game. Good luck. Um, <coughs> I found one in the U.S. I found three in the U.S. that're for sale. One, uh, one was uh, going for twenty-five dollars shipped, wasn't over. One was going for ninety-seven dollars shipped, wasn't over. And one guy was asking one hundred eighty-three bucks or best offer. That's a pretty wide range. Uh, and I looked up the history of this. The only ones I really saw were uh, a German, uh, a German version uh, sold for twenty-five bucks, uh, and there was a there was a uh, someone just sold just the disc for two bucks. So that's, that's one you might better find. Now, Empire, and by the way, we should mention that these were released at a compilation. Um, uh, it was basically the Star Wars Trilogy compilation, uh, which I did not see. It was called the Star Wars Trilogy compilation. So there you go. Um, let me see here. So, eBay on Empire, much rarer. Uh, I found one guy selling just the disc in the UK. 13 bucks. That was all I found. So, that's, I don't know what that means exactly. Right. So, I'm assuming a lot of these would, would, I mean, I I was wondering if they even sold these out of the compilation for a little while, but they must have. Yeah. Uh, And then finally, Yeah, because
0: they're separate boxes for all of them.
2: Finally, the uh, Jedi, uh, there's a fellow in Canada selling one for $47 or or best offer, boxed, and that's the only one that was currently up that I saw at the time. This has sold recently for twenty two bucks. Oh,
1: uh, you should know that's forty seven Canadian, so it's thirty four dollars. Yeah,
2: yeah. It's well, you never know what the way our economy is going; it could be any money.
0: So, how much do you think a mint on card Jawa figure seventy seven Kenner would go for? Oh, I know know that one. I don't know. Okay, I used to know. I should say. Well, what's your guess? Because one just sold on here.
1: Uh, six grand. Two hundred fifty dollars. Really? Yeah.
0: This is <coughs> nineteen seventy seven Kenner Star Wars Java mint on twelve back card.
1: Oh, you know, I thought you were talking about a vinyl, vinyl, vinyl uh, Java. Oh, that one's probably about that much. Oh, wow. You know, it's
0: funny. Those when
2: those asterisks first came out, I remember this. I mean, very first batch, and you could, and I remember they had a deal and if you took, if you sent in so many proofs of purchase, I believe the first guy you could get was like Hammerhead. I think mm-hmm. and then I also remembered I think it was uh shoes there was another one it may have been saying and there was another one remember that the stupid boxy robot droid that was in the Jawas speeder the Jawas sand crawler uh, had that kind of rough feet it was a little box i think it fell over in the in the in the bowels of that thing that thing was nothing you could sit in the way for and I, and my buddies rented those but you know I was there i mean I had like a i had a i had a uh I had a snow speeder. All of those were cool. And I remember rigging up stuff in my yard to make it fly with the kite string and mm. stuff. But I was never really a big action figure guy. I was more into like Bowser Galactica guys. My buddy had this because they shot. They would shoot stuff. The Star Wars guys didn't shoot anything. How uh, how did you rig up a snow speeder to fly with kite string? <sighs> well, I, I, I hung some kite, kite string in my backyard between some trees. And then I rigged hooks
0: on the top of my snow speeders. Oh, and just <laughs> I thought. But uh, like you just attached some kite string and you just started like spinning it yeah. around.
1: <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, so so a vinyl cape jawa, I said 6,000, mm-hmm. 6,400. Wow.
0: People are insane. Yeah. That,
1: now that's for a graded one, but yeah.
0: Now, speaking of buying things that you don't need, if you are in the market for some new clothing, why not check out. Everything Amiga's Amiga T-shirt store. If you scroll down to the Clothe Yourself link and click on Amiga Tees, you can avail yourself of these lovely designs, such as the one Aaron is wearing tonight, the Amigas Are Scum T-shirt. Amigos Are Scum. We've also got our uh, Staff and Supporters T-shirt, always popular with the Patreon su- s- supporters. Uh, and there's a bunch of other. We actually sold our first uh, Guru Meditation shirt this morning. I want one of those. So, um, be sure and check those out. It's a way to support the show. You can also support the show by going over to patreon.com slash podcast. And uh, throwing a few bucks our way each month really helps us keep the lights on. So, um, in fact, why don't we thank our Patreon supporters right now? So, this week, I don't have a, a clever song so, what about you? Do like to like the Star Wars theme or something? This week, I'm going to do it to the Star Wars theme. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's how much thought gets put into <laughs>
0: Dunge, and the Dung Duncan in the South, T.H.G. Anthony Jarvis, Green Catcher, Adam Buyers, John Marshall, Aaron Coles, Neil Mansell! Robert Cuda, Alan Kebab, David McCrandles, <laughs> Gary Hucker, Will Williams, Trevi! Abbott! Kim Tommy, Humberside. <laughs> <doo-doo-doo-doo. laughs> Josh Nan, Jason Warns, Lane Eric Nelson, Graham W. Vebke, Paul Harrington, Rob O'Hara, Lawrence Arou, Jonas Rulo, Kilburn Barman, Tish on the crib, Adam Bradley Chris Folds, Daniel Bainsted, Oprah Rines, Retro and Vintage, Chad Halstead and Brent That's pretty good. Thank Except you. that fanfare. You shoved a lot into that,
2: didn't you?
0: <laughs> we got good to have the God. fanfare. I'd also like to thank everybody hanging out with us on YouTube <coughs> Gaming right now. We always broadcast uh, at 5.30 on Mondays, except when we don't. I um, <laughs> was very excited. That's, that's is, a uh, lot. I'd like to thank uh, Henrik, LHA, BM Arcy, Jason Warrens, Walking the Cow, Amityan, Um, Adam Bradley, uh, and a bunch of other folks, uh, NACZR, a bunch of people have already gone to bed because it's late over in Europe. But thank you so much for hanging out with us. We really appreciate it. And uh, we also like to thank Hall of Light for all of the <laughs> scans of the boxes and, uh, and all of the fine folks on YouTube that pro- uh, provided us with the in-game footage. You can see all those on the YouTube video. Um, Aaron, next week we are going to do another uh, memorable some memorable what? memorable uh, <laughs> platformer on the Amiga. Maybe it's your favorite. I don't know if it's your favorite. It's I've not heard of this game, but this is this was a request that came in from Ravi. Kid Chaos. They're oh, playing it. Alright. Sounds good to me.
1: Well, we're gonna do it. We're gonna have a good time with it. We'll see you then. Until next time. Adios! I-